tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Johnson. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Wind blows! Yeah! Oh my god, I love this song. It's a good one. Um, I sound like a munchkin, (laughs) so I apologize. Um, I'm welcome to the Americans (laughs) After Buzz After Show, Season 3, Episode 7, Walter Tappet. I'm Adrian Snow. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter. Just go ahead and get this break real quick. Still here. There we go. You can follow me on Instagram. And I just, I just want to do the hard with these. Pound you real quick. At Miss Adrian Snow, and this is the rest of my panel. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Matt Ritter. Uh, you can find me at mattrittercomedy.com. Uh, hey, I'm Josh, and you can find me at joshrichmond.net. Net. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, I'm Ben Bateman. I, I don't have a website. You can find me on Twitter at Ben Bateman Media. But he's going to build one, so by next week he will have a website. By next week I'll have a website. (laughs) So I'm going to try and make myself sound louder as much as possible, but first impressions (laughs) well first of all Noah Emmerich this was his directorial debut and what an episode I thought uh, I mean I thought it was one of the better episodes of the show anyway but the fact that this was this guy's first time is pretty pretty impressive if you can hear us Noah you killed it yeah knock out of the park for sure a well yes for sure a well directed episode what everybody's just lying to each other in this episode so many just truths and lack of truths and half truths and lies everybody's putting on a a disguise more than usual it seems like philip just especially in this episode just seemed so so isolated and so like he had nobody to talk to yeah he's an odd man out a lot yeah sure sure. it's interesting i thought i thought there was a lot of a truth telling going on at least between elizabeth and phil well there was that one big scene they had yeah yeah and then also with stan and his wife she kind of dropped the the bomb. The divorce bomb, so, if you will. Yeah. So yeah. I thought there was a lot of truth telling. I, I think that's funny, the different takeaways, you know, yeah. the way yeah. you view it. I, mean, yeah. I think, yes, everybody was lying to each other, but I think there was, you know, and you speak of isolation, I think Stan's feeling so isolated, he's starting to tell things to his son. You know, yeah. he's starting mm-hmm. to tell him some really real things. Well, I think it, I, I think that's mainly because he just he wants to feel connected to his son. Yeah. And he doesn't want to lose his son like he lost his wife. Yeah, you know? and I, I think it's funny because it parallels, you know, Philip and Elizabeth's sort of struggle over their over their kids, mm-hmm. and then you know we we saw a little bit of uh, the guy um, from South Africa giving us his take on you know parenting and where your kid should fit in in your the show does a lot of that right it likes to throw it likes to throw you sort of parallel storylines where one yeah. line will tell you something about the other person's storyline uh, I guess it's subtle it's, maybe it's just the normal writing thing for television but it's good at that I, did you guys think so Stan the exposition that they finally gave us with him talking about himself as a uh, former undercover white supremacist and he's talking to his son as you said he wanted to feel connected to his son I guess it's appropriate maybe his son is what 14 something like that 16 16, now, 16 yeah but here was my question. When he says, did, did they make you kill people? And he says, no. 
You think he was telling the truth? Yeah. Do you think? No. But why do you? But why do you assume that? Would no. he tell his son if he had, had to lynch? <laughs> if he had to lynch people, do you think he'd tell his son? I don't think he would. And I also think when he said, "Did he? Did they make you do anything?" I think you could read that to be exactly. if I did kill somebody, I. I have to live with my choice. Of that was what I read, right. too. Did yeah. they make you? That was the question. No, I, did ch- you? I chose to kill somebody. I got um, that, too. Okay. That's well, interesting. I, I didn't I didn't have that, that same feeling. I thought more of a... Uh, I think he was asked to do a lot of horrible things. I wouldn't say... And maybe he played a hand in people dying. But I think how I interpreted him answering that question was, like, did you have to, with your own hands, kill someone? And in that... Aspect, I think he was like, no, I didn't have to. Yeah. But and right. also just knowing, <laughs> like how, um, a lot of the uh, KKK white supremacist groups tend to behave outside of like just random acts of violence against someone for race. If it's an organized type of attack, it usually isn't going to be as hands-on per se. At least that, that's not. I think typically, that's at kind least, of what I thought Stan was veering more towards. Purely on what I know of film and television yeah. about these organizations, when you infiltrate, seems like you're sort of put to the test in those kind of ways where you kind of yeah. They, the classic scene, the classic scene is classic. okay. Let's find out if you're really if part you, of the gang yeah. and put yeah. a gun in your hand. I mean, that's obviously just yeah. our movie and television right. and sort that, of knowledge base of it. Kind of like a gangster overall thing. Yeah. I think more of. Um, I just kind of got the feeling that it was more like he. Participated in certain acts of of violence, um, but I don't. I never got the feeling that he was like somebody who this is horrible. Like chained somebody onto a truck and dragged right, him, right, or something like that. Well, know? ultimately, we d- we, know we know everything. We everything about Stan's undercover work is so fuzzy, and we know so little. Yeah. All, all I know is what it, when he was talking to his son, it seemed like he was very being very very careful about what he was saying and oh, what yeah. he wasn't saying. If you guys are listening, hit us up on YouTube. Let us know what you think about that. You yeah. know, you think Stan right. killed. Somebody at some point in, during, or during that undercover investigation. I think at the very least, I got enough from it to assume that he wasn't telling his son the whole truth, whatever the whole exactly. truth is. I think this raises a really interesting question, actually, because we've talked about this before, right? With the whole like, would a spy really do this, et cetera, et cetera? And these shows now, like this and other of these other like super super high quality, they they go for the sense of hyper realism that maybe the treatment we're used to of let's see how you are with a gun or like you know spy movies that maybe we grew up in the seventies and eighties and nineties that were y'all Bruckheimered out where they're not intended to feel that way or television shows from the nineties they're not intended to be quite as real. The intention of the show is historical historical accuracy. It's all supposed to be very real. So you start to ask yourself, what do I really know? And also, how difficult is it for them to be totally accurate? Also, how inaccurate is everything that was sort of glamorized to us in action movies and, and things like that? A lot of the subject yeah. matter that we're talking about. Like you said, our our appetite has just been years and years and years and years of these recycled storylines with things right. like totally. this. Totally. I haven't read any you know autobiographical yeah. books <laughs> right. on, hey, I infiltrated the clan and here's what really How happened. skeptical should we be, right? That's yeah. the... <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it seems... It seems like they, they do do a good job of being accurate. There are some things towards the end with the South Africans, which I kind of want to touch on, where it's like, that. I don't know if you could just do that in the middle of the street. In, like that. Right. <laughs> um, might be poetic license there. Knock yeah. over that newsstand. Yeah, I don't know if you could just shoot someone point blank. But some but someplace where I love how realistically the show is playing it is actually with uh, with Stan and Sandra's relationship. Because yeah. that's something I see very rarely portrayed on TV is like, 
when a couple decides to separate, like usually, boom, that's it. They right. don't have to deal with each other again. Dragging it out. Here you're finding it. You, this is the re- messy reality of like a separation that eventually might lead to a divorce. And you have to still negotiate all that stuff. Well, yeah, and then especially when you have children, it's not. It's not as simple. Well, I mean, it's never simple, but it's not as simple as like, okay, now we're divorced, and now I'm going to come right. get these things, yeah, and exactly. that, and that's done. So it is good to see an actual, as a child of divorce, to see an actual relationship where someone is divorced. As a child of divorce, I, the, I agree. As yeah. a child of divorce, I, I concur. <laughs> My parents waited till we were all grown up to get divorced. So, so. Doesn't count. Yeah, I'm missing out. Doesn't missing count. Out, guys, I'm totally left out. <laughs> what are you doing here, Ritter? Uh, He's so great. He grew up in a healthy household. <laughs> what was your guys? very toxic. Trust me. <laughs> so speaking of Sam and all, what, what did you guys think about the the first conversation about Nina that he's having? And, and uh, who, what's the name of the agent? Adderholt. Adderholt. And he's mm-hmm. asking him, what do you guys think was the point of that? Was Adderholt trying to get to him? Is there? I mean, no. I know they're trying to suggest that a little. I, I thought that was a really good point of them kind of planting the seed of Stan not necessarily liking Adderholt. Yeah. Uh, At the very least, not, not, not necessarily trusting him, not wanting to open up to him. Which kind of made me go, oh, is Adderholt? Like, maybe Adderholt's playing some type of. Right. You know, I suspect everyone on the show. So that was kind of interesting to see them have that kind of. I was looking a bit of rivalry too, because like when he sees him in the office, I felt like he felt like he was left out of whatever Mm. was going on before he walked in. I don't know. I just felt like there wasn't there a scene where he asks, he's like, "Can you excuse us?" Remember when Adderholt first comes to the office, and then the next episode, he asks him, "So you were undercover, right?" White supremacist stuff. And he's like, yeah. And then they just stop talking about it. And we, I think we mentioned on the show, right? Mm-hmm. You were like, he's basically asking you, did you lynch people yeah. without right. saying it? So I think it's interesting to see that to continue to develop. But I think you're onto something really interesting. That Stan has been suspecting like Zeneda of being a possible plant. But, you know, Adderhold, he's the guy who's worked with illegals and he keeps saying stuff like, you know, to be, to catch an illegal, you kind of have to think like one. And he was just having this conversation here with Stan saying that, uh, you know, to, you know, I was having the. I didn't realize I was the one being played, or mm. he thought he was a, he was playing me. Yeah. Maybe Adderholt's the double agent. And he does keep asking questions, uh, Stan, a lot of questions. And also, I don't know a single black person who had the last name of Adderholt. <laughs> well, there you go. Okay. A joke. I'm joking. <laughs> That's like a CIA agent yeah. name, though. That's like you know what I mean. That's like yeah. an FBI name. It's probably one of the writer's friends from childhood. Right. That's how they usually end yeah. up with those. It sounds like yeah. more of an agent than B man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was interesting. I definitely, mm-hmm. I thought this was a good episode for Stan. I liked, I, you know, I've, I've criticized him before, the whole like awkward acting that I know Emmerich, but yeah. in some moments I really, really like it. I really, I like his, uh, what he does without speaking in the scenes with Adderholt when they'll be, when they'll mm-hmm. be sitting there and he's asking the questions just, and you can see that he's processing it, but he's trying to just not change his expression at all. Yeah. I like all that. They I mean, do really good silent scenes in yeah. this show. Yes. Absolutely. So, but I, I, I have to say, I don't know if we're, we're onto that yet, but I, I love 80s, uh, you know, spy devices. You know, we, we saw our first. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, shall we go into Martha? Well, yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, just if, you, if you're ready. Does anyone have any final thoughts on Stan? No, I think that's it for me. It was Stan. Yeah, I didn't have anything else. Yeah, to it's good on Stan. Cool. So, first thoughts on Martha. I just want to get my hands on one of those metal detectors. Oh, so when you say like device, you mean detect- literal devices, like those gadgets. Yeah, I like the gadgets. Well, now they're handheld. <laughs> looks like a Swiffer made of <laughs> yeah, metal. Yeah, it, <laughs> it was. It was the cool world's See, first. See, we scandal, it's just like a little tiny thing. Right. Yeah. And we were asking between... So big, you know, you had to go around. Well, we were asking between us, what is it detecting? It's not like a metal detector. I think you, somebody said it was a frequency. Radio frequency. Yeah. yeah, that would make sense, right? right? Yeah. And she knows that. That's why she immediately destroys the device. So, yeah, yeah that, was, that was definitely interesting. I... I and I said it at the last prediction, but goodbye, Martha. You're not going to make it at the end there, of the season. There was a moment I thought it was happening 
in this episode. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I was yeah. like, this would be too quick, but what if he just snaps her neck the second he senses something is... Well, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, he doesn't know yet, so... Right. No. He he... Also, but now she is completely useless. She can't get any files. Yeah. She can't, doesn't have the bug anymore. That's but that's But that's not enough yeah. for her to be dead on its own, because it's still Philip's woman inside the FBI, you know? That's but if true. she's a liability, though... If she if Philip finds out she's a liability, that's a whole different story. If she, I think, sorry, if, I think if the guilt become, begins to overwhelm her, then she will become a liability. I think if she can keep her cool, then he can use her in a different way. I think we're just moving dangerously close to the three out of four statistic we, we keep referencing on here. Oh, you think she's offing herself? I think she's probably going to shoot herself. I mean, we, see, we keep seeing that gun. But uh, I don't know. I It seems like... I keep, I, I want Martha to survive till the end of the series. I don't want her to die ever. Yeah, so maybe great. maybe it's a little bit wishful well, thinking. just because like when, when somebody would get shot in like a checkoff play, it didn't necessarily mean they always died. Sometimes right. they just be brain damaged. Mm-hmm. But I think what's actually being set up is right? Martha is going yeah. to uh, sell Philip out or sell Clark out. Mm. Something like that, Maybe. definitely. And really nice acting from Allison Wright, though. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really great. Tense. Yeah, tense. And great direction. Again, yeah. that's, that, those are the moments that I thought Noah did the best job were selling all that. I was definitely on the edge of my seat. I'm always a big fan of those really nervous, like, in the stall scenes. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Maybe yeah. it's just from as a kid, if you guys ever saw Witness... Yeah. The very yeah, beginning absolutely. when he has to like hide, you know, and he's yep. on this. I don't know. For, ever since then, every, anytime mm. somebody does that, like, really gets me nervous. Like, it, it definitely did kind of factor into uh, her starting to to ask questions of, uh, of Clark, you know. So now that she's kind of a liability, and I think she feels that. I think she kind of feels that the kind of what use is she to her husband now? So now it's like, well, right. are we going to live together? What's going to happen? Now that I can't, because that's my real question. Because if I had, if I had one issue with this episode, it's that I don't, I don't know why Martha. If Martha really loved Clark and Martha was really on Clark's side, I don't know why Martha would have just tell him right away. Mm-hmm. What happened? What happened? Yeah. She's definitely scared. That's that's why I she's, think she's paranoid. Yeah, yeah, she's definitely paranoid. You know, I'll tell you something that I noticed though that was like. I was just sitting there rolling my eyes, and I was realizing that this is one of those things that just shows up, like you said with the divorce thing, when she says, "I'm sorry, I'm just a little off tonight." Let me tell you, in relationships, nobody's ever just a little off and nothing's wrong. It's, you're never just a little off. Like, when you say to someone, like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm just a little off tonight, and they keep asking you what's wrong, there's something in here. You're thinking about something. You're upset about That's something. That's the beginning of the breakup. Because right I've there, done it. Moment. I've yeah. done it to people, and people have done it to me, and it's <laughs> never, ever, ever true. It's, it's like... I'm just a little off is code for I'm upset about something that's going to come up three weeks from now or we're going to break up. Well, Philip knows, knows that. Or, Philip just doesn't know the reason. Maybe. I know. I just hate seeing what people say because it's just... It's, anyway, sorry. This I is, think you guys just date really passive-aggressive people. <laughs> <laughs> You've never had a guy say it to you? So I'm just a little off tonight where he's asking kind of upset and you're like, what's the matter? And he won't say... No, because I will basically be like, you know what? I don't have time for this. If something's wrong, you can tell me. If not, I don't want to deal with this and don't bring it up later. So, yeah. well, kind of and he never Philip brings it up later. That, like, <laughs> yeah, because, I'm glad that works out for you. Yeah. No, no, no. What I'm saying is that uh, I'm saying you. I'm saying from the female perspective, from me personally, yeah. if something is wrong, at least now at this age that I am now, I will go. Yeah, actually, can we talk about this? I'm kind of annoyed. Yeah. So right. I'm right. saying that it's not right. across the board. Something that happens <laughs> for everyone. And I'm not saying that I haven't dealt with passive aggressive men. 
I am currently single, so obviously that doesn't go <laughs> far. I don't want to deal with that. Well, I'm happy that that's no, a strategy that works out for you. I'm in agreement, but that's uh, it's still. Anyway. I've, I've used that line on people. I've said that line to people. Yeah, I, so I, I'm, guilty. I'm just t- okay, guys. Anyway, <laughs> my girlfriend said she's off this year. She's off. This year. <laughs> just, just an off year. Sorry, I'm just having like an off. Just having an off. Yeah. yeah. You know, you know it's the, it there's the drought going on. Yeah, the, it's the drought. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. So, no, but he can't do that. I mean, in a reg- you know, I think in a real relationship, you would be like, no, let's talk about it. You know, if you have a healthy relationship. Right. If you have a healthy relationship. Would, then you should be able to talk yeah, about it. You would of go, all right, let's, yeah. come on, let's just tell me what it is and we'll, we'll talk it out, yeah. you know. And, a healthy um, relationship is communication. Right. And right. they've certainly so- sown the seed that Martha's not totally happy with this relationship yeah. and she's uncomfortable. Yeah. I still think, I mean, no matter how paranoid she is, I think she would know that if this is a person she loved, th- this whole thing with the bug is putting that person's job and possibly life in jeopardy. Mm. That, that's something that she would tell him. Yeah, I, I think... Th- it was a traumatic I think she's experience. been suspicious for a while. I right. think the fact that he doesn't want to have a kid with her and the fact that he refuses to move in with her, that isn't normal. And I know he's like, well, our lives aren't normal. Who needs normal? Who needs normal? Yeah, normal's not great. But <laughs> with that said, you know, I, I've known people who one one of them lives in California, the other one lives in New York, and they're married and they're happy and that's fine and that's what works for them because that's what's in the best interest of their careers. Right. But I think if, if you're in a healthy relationship... You can do that because you have that communication there. And if you're not in a healthy relationship and someone says, this is what I need, this is what I want, and you just go, well, tough, you know, we're not normal, I don't care, then that causes red flags in you to go, well, then I need to reevaluate what I want because we can't find a compromise. Hmm. I think, I mean, do you guys think there's a turning, like, turning back point? It seems like now it's like she's made her move, like, I need to know what's going on. Like, do you think he can put the lid back on this? Uh, it's too suspect. I mean, you have to, you have to ask yourself the question of like already, if she had been digging, if she was aware, she really wanted to know, she would have been able to figure out that he was full of it at some point. Like you, if you really want to know that sort of thing and you try hard enough, you'll figure it out. So Mm -hmm. I think she's been willing to let it go. But I mean, the fact even that he had like the totally innocuous safe house that didn't have any evidence was already like you know a stroke of luck that maybe nothing was off or there wasn't a picture or any piece of evidence that would maybe because i'm sure that wasn't just there just prepared for the moment that martha says where's your apartment i think it was because throughout you could see pictures of him and martha throughout so Mm -hmm. i think he did have that plan just for that i think it always may be known but philip's not always going to be totally on his game there and and his whole storyline this season is he's getting increasingly stretched out and spread out and confused he's got to deal with kimmy (laughs) he's got to deal with elizabeth and Paige. and funny you say that when he's like i don't know if i can have another kid right now you know it's like that guy's really got his his son in afghanistan he's got you know right and his his teenage sort of lover yeah. All oh, over the God. place. I'm so relieved to not have to see the teenage <laughs> No more. Episode. No kidding. Please, please don't bring her back for like two more episodes. Uh, it was nice to see Martha it. play uh, like a tangible emotion other than just like a little annoyed and comic yeah. relief. Like this is the first time I can think of that we've really seen her have a big moment like this where mm-hmm. she, and she oh, played, yeah. she no, played thought, upset very well. I thought she was great in this episode. And yeah, that, that scene in the bathroom was so tense. It's, yeah, it was fantastic. And at first it was, at first it was like, no, Martha, what are you doing? So there's going to like find pieces of the bug in like the yeah, sink or something. Exactly. But you know, she, I think she knows this place better than anybody. Yeah. She knew what was going to happen next. All she does yeah. is, you know. Yeah, that was yeah. good. Cause I was, I was thinking, oh, she's going to throw it in the, in the woman's, you know, garbage. No, and then she's going to be screwed right yeah. there. But yeah, she played it well. She would have been caught if she did that. Yeah. Oh. 
What, um, did we, what did we establish that OPR stood for, the, the investigators? It stands for the Office of Professional Responsibility. So, yeah, the investigation now. So they're yeah. the people that investigate the Department of Justice. I, I thought there was an interesting sort of, I guess, um, probably right for the Times, misogyny of him completely overlooking her as a suspect <laughs> yeah. in a small office. You know, yeah, when he's right. like, it could be the janitor, it could be, you know, you to you right. know, her boss. But, like, yeah. she's standing right there. And it was a, a nice introduction of Jefferson Mays, who's yeah. a well-known Broadway actor. So it'll be okay. interesting to see cool. what he does with the role. And You know, he, he made an impression of this episode yeah. even with, like, a single scene. He's really intense. Yeah, so. he's very, <laughs> he's very yeah. intense. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it, just jumping off the, the misogyny point, you know, that I think that's why they would go after secretaries yeah. at that time because nobody would suspect that a woman would be capable sure, of doing right. anything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was just cool to see them in a room of three people. You know, you're at yeah. such close range mm. to the person who's trying to find you. Yeah. You know, it's amazing. Right, the, the final scene between um, Walter and, and Martha when they're in the elevator, it's just kind of like, he, you know, just doesn't suspect yeah. anything. You can see in her eyes, she's just like, right. just yeah. don't look at me. Yeah, don't yeah. If you if you looked a little bit to the right, you'd see somebody visibly nervous. Yeah, yeah. 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 she's doing the thing where she's looking sideways without moving her head. Yeah, and trying to see. Yeah. Although maybe he sees more than we think, and he's just got a good poker face. I, I think, think we're gonna find out next. Episode. I think that's far more likely because a guy, yeah, a guy in his position is not gonna just. Yeah, but this yeah. show does such good stuff with the eyes. You know, just yeah. those shots yep. of mm-hmm. people's eyes. You know, off of each other, not seeing somebody else's reaction. Yeah, like that. so. It's Shaw also does a great job of burying things and 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 revealing them s- whole seasons later. Yeah. The fact that this is the first time that Stan has ever opened up actually about that stuff yeah. at all, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm it's been three to know seasons. Stories too. Yeah, that was the most we've gotten in three seasons. It's pretty remarkable considering we knew that he's. We knew that yeah. it was jobless. And, yeah. and the bug. The bug was planted Thank last you. season. I just want to yeah. say, yeah. the fact that the FBI director has never had an issue with that pen. Right. How and long like does the pen last? Just the ink. You know, I mean. It's, and those type of pens? Not long. Because yeah. you have to replace it. Well, it was on right. the shelf, remember? Oh, it wasn't in, It wasn't like she didn't put it in the cup. Oh, it was sitting right. on the shelf at, when, right. when she planted it. So it probably right. he finally got around finally to got it. Finally got started right. to use it's it. It's not his regular pen. It's not his regular, right? It's his signature pen. But that was a seed that was planted like more than a season ago. Yeah. A long time ago. And again, Listening to that uh, that Americans Insider podcast of the showrunners, which it is is really great and is full of really interesting tidbits. They talk mm-hmm. about they talk about What's the slate.com one. The slate.com yeah. one. Mm-hmm. They talk about their storyline for not just season three and season four, but like season five. They're I have a feeling they've planned out like the entire arc for this show. It's like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where if you watch closely, then you know that Dawn was a imagined in season two, but she's not introduced to season five. I'm That's nodding like writing. I've seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It's okay. <laughs> People out there who've seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer know what I'm talking Are about. Are you a huge fan? Uh, yes. Huge? Okay. Uh, yes. Uh, I was. Anyways, speaking on podcast, I just want to put in a quick note that please, please, please subscribe to us on iTunes, oh, yeah. follow us on SoundCloud, follow us on YouTube, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. We love to hear from you guys. We do tend to read all of your YouTube comments. We do re- watch look at all your Twitter Absolutely. comments as well. Tweet at me. Tweet all tweet. your negative comments at me. Bring it tweet on. Tweet the negative. <laughs> tweet the positive. Why does it have you know? to be negative? We, I just uh, like starting fights with people. Yeah. Don't he tweet likes... me tonight, guys. I'm just a little <laughs> off tonight, okay? Right. He's having a rough time. Uh, anywho, but yeah, we definitely appreciate it. We definitely love hearing from you guys. And when you subscribe to us, we appreciate you and love you even more. Yeah. Let's keep a healthy dialogue going yeah. on YouTube. Absolutely. Yes, indeed. Yeah. But speaking of healthy communication let's get into phil and elizabeth okay yes, yes. i love their relationship i know i just <laughs> it's gotten really good every episode that's a healthy effective relationship they get into the bed and they talk truth and they talk the truth do you guys think that it's like super interesting how 
it seems like like you said they get in it's almost like the division between like work and play with them is is crazy i mean they have the moments seemingly at the end of not every episode but a lot of episodes will end with them in bed and something being sort of revealed mm. or you know them making peace Whereas throughout the whole episode, it feels like they're one of them's going to like pull a silence around the other one. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy to me that, but that's just the way it is. And I guess as real as it seems like it's getting, that part of it hasn't been fractured yet. Mm-hmm. No, they're good at having those moments of tension, but working through them. It's the the old uh, "don't go to bed angry" maxim. Yeah. They're very good at at you know having tough moments and arguing with each other, but they always find a way to resolve it by the end of the day. It really does come down to to just speaking the truth. You know, I think when. Elizabeth in the first season stopped being so resistant um, to Philip and to the whole idea of this is her partner for life, not just professionally but personally, and that she needs to kind of get on board with whatever that entails. Um, and once it kind of showed that their vulnerability towards each other, and he started, to, she started to tell her truth, and he started to tell his truth. Then they they found a way to kind of get past those moments. I mean, it, it wasn't it wasn't right of Elizabeth to not tell him when she spoke to Paige, right. and it's not right of Philip to not tell Elizabeth that he's a twenty year old son. So having that that final moment in the bedroom was really nice to. Find Although even to that, that reveal, even that reveal was kind of a half truth because didn't Philip say that he just found out about his son from Gabriel? No, he said that he found out that his son was in Afghanistan from Gabriel. Okay, so it sounded like up until that point he was just saying, "I have a son." We I, we've had him with kids, and that I found out from Gabriel that he's in Afghanistan. So it didn't seem like right. he was. Um, but definitely know, not saying, hiding. "Hey, it all came from this time when I met, hooked up with Arena back in season one." She knew that, though, doesn't she know? She knew about the she hookup, but she didn't yeah. know. But she knew about the son since then, yeah. and she didn't know. You know what I enjoyed? Well, baby steps. <laughs> I, I just enjoyed that just right from the beginning of that argument, if you want to call it at the beginning, like, Elizabeth just came out guns blazing. She wasn't even going to, like, tiptoe So around. unapologetic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. T- I love that. You know, yeah. that's who she is. You know, yeah. she's not going to apologize. She already told... She's like, I already told you in the car. Like, I wasn't kidding when yeah. I said I'm moving forward with the plan I don't need to she was like I didn't think I had to clear it with you she kind of had a point no but no but she has a point in their spy world but then you know he's mixed up because there's like the parenting world Mm -hmm. and the spy world in the parenting world that is wrong yeah in the spy world it isn't wrong Mm -hmm. but there's so you know everything is just so jumbled it's like well what is right or wrong in parenting of a spy child you know yeah (laughs) one of the things one of the things I really I really loved in that same conversation where it opens. He's frustrated. They add in the thing about why would you leave an empty thing of aspirin? Oh, in the God, bathroom. I love that. Oh, Great line. Amazing. Amazing. And I love her yeah. responses. Well, you left it there. Yes. So next time you take care of it. I'm like, yes. So it opens, that's always true how it works out. It opens with the humor of like a real moment yeah. in, in a really intense. And then I like that they start arguing. And what she says is, he says, "What you shouldn't have lied to me." And she says, "I didn't lie to you." And she didn't lie to him. It's but true. That's, it's that's true. She thing. didn't lie to him. When you have an argument with somebody where like they don't bas- they basically don't want to like admit that they did something wrong and you'll maybe your argument will be a little bit less well thought out than it should be so you'll say something like you lied to me which is not really what he should have said because she didn't she was very honest she just was deceptive you want to say you were you were intentionally deceptive to me but he says you lied because that's he's emotional that's the first thing that came to mind and she says i didn't lie to you you can you can see she feels bad about it which is why she apologizes at the end. I just like that that's real. That's really how yeah. people argue. It's not all yeah. beautifully cut and dry and everything. I, I think he's also struggling with the fact that, you know, he's like, I know she's right. I know this is what we're doing, you know, but like I'm wrestling with it. I haven't come around on it, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I, like, don't, I don't think he thinks she's right. 
necessarily. I think he's mu- he's well, like I mean, maybe in just terms accepting. Of the spy, the he just spy, knows it's happening. You know, he like, just yeah. he just knows this is something that's that is happening now, and there's kind of nothing I can do about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess I shouldn't say right because actually this goes back to the whole thing about like choice and you know her yeah. convo with um what was his name the Nicobo or Nicobo Nicobo where he's you know basically the juxtaposition is like well here's this analogy about you know this guy and how what he thinks for his kids you know they should be fighting the battle mm-hmm. you know and and you know uh Philip's argument is that our kids have a choice right yeah it's different that was what did you guys think about that I thought that was a great point of of his you know I, I think Elizabeth's always in that militant mindset and just of always being a warrior and always had to being so, being a soldier and she doesn't really see that in the world that they live in in America that they do have choices you don't have to be a soldier in America I love when he called her American yeah right. and she's like American. I'm not American you know so it, it was it was nice to see that kind of brought to her her face like well they don't have a choice it's either you fight there or you die yeah here they have a choice they don't have to fight and so it well her militance comes because she straight up rejects one of the choices she doesn't want to raise just yeah. like good capitalist American kids she wants them to stand for something but then again and we do that in America I come from a family where a lot of people are you know it's kind of well you you have a choice but you should really just join the military like right. that's kind right. of right. like right. that's what you should do and that's one know? of the biggest themes of this show you know do you really have a choice you know mm-hmm. is this self-determination or do they are you do you have to march according to the orders that you're given. Yeah. yeah. Plenty yeah. of parents have very strong visions for their children. It actually kind of came up when when Hans said he didn't respect a lot of the kids who went to this school because they just seemed like little copies of their parents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was just thinking, I know it looked like I was going to say something <laughs> I wasn't. Um, yeah, I think that's that's pretty much my thoughts on the subject. Well, <laughs> okay. No, well, I, did like, oh, I was going to say, I did like, I mean, I guess it was an attempt, you know, if you want to call it that, uh, the pizza attempt, you know, mm. that, which was immediately, it was like, oh, I've lost it. That already. didn't work. Yeah, 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 yeah. this is not working. She's a teenager. You, you, you have them at one moment, and then the next moment they're gone. Right? Yeah. So. Why do you guys think that Philip is so resistant? I mean, I, the obvious answer, he just doesn't want his kid. He sort of, he wants his kids to be normal kids. But now that he sees the writing on the wall and he sees that it's moving in that direction a little bit, and he, like we said, reluctantly, maybe he's just admitting to himself this is happening. Why do you think he's not just saying, like, maybe I should get on board with this? Because if you were in his shoes, would you get on yeah. board with it? No, I'm just, <laughs> I, what I'm saying is it, it seems like, you know, he knows he's a spy. He can see what's happening. He's not saying to us, with you have to stop. He's, he's, he's not he, telling us. He loves her, his no. daughter more than he loves himself, too. Yeah. Or, mean, or, his, or his country. Yeah. I just was pondering the struggle that he seems to have every episode with it where it's like I understand that there's a struggle and this is week to week television so we think that after three episodes or something well this is kind of tired maybe you should change the way you feel but it's like three days in real life or something Mm. but I just mean it seems like Philip's not naive he knows what's going on he's as invested in the cause as Elizabeth is in his own way I just wonder why he's so resistant to the idea I think it's more of um He's just going to try and enforce and page, you know, that it's her choice. I also think if you come from a background that is um, what you consider like a struggle, like, okay, my parents didn't come, my parents came from poverty, like my dad came from poverty and my mom essentially did too. Uh, and while they certainly, you know, try and still like, you will do this and you'll have ethics and you'll go to work right. and da 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 da, if it ever got to the point where I was kind of, Verging on having the kind of life that they had to live, they would probably step in and be like, no, 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 no. We don't want that for you. Sure. So it's kind of just that I feel that, that kind of parental thing of, 
I want my child to have a better life than me. And I don't think Phillips, even though he's fighting for his country, I don't think he thinks that his life as a spy or his life in Russia was that great. I think you're totally right in the yeah. sense of like, I, th- I think if he had to really think about it, which I don't think you want to do when you live this spy life, is your life is horrible in yeah. some ways. I mean, you know, we see these flashbacks. I mean, this yeah. is horrifying. Training yourself to have sex I with mean, people yeah. without having an emotional reaction. That kind of stuff. Killing right. people. Yeah. people well, it's, it's it's just, I, I don't think you can yeah. you can even have those moments because they will, they'll destroy you from yeah. the inside yeah. if you start saying, you know, what is my life? Right. These kinds of questions. But Elizabeth, Elizabeth's perspective is just, I'm okay with having a horrible life. I'm even okay with my kids having a bad life if it stands for something, if it's fighting the good fight. Yeah. I w- although, I don't know if she 100% believes that, but that's at least what's kind of pushing her. Yeah, I don't think she just... I think she's able to kind of shut off that that kind of, I guess, empathy um, right. or the kind of pain of, of the things that they have to do. But uh, but so the actual first steps that she's taking, turning page, is completely fascinating to me. Mm. It's particularly the idea that if you want to turn somebody into a communist spy, the first thing you do is get them interested in civil rights. Right? And and it does seem it's like... Clever. Like, Paige is, Paige is almost, like, one one trip to, like, the ghetto, and suddenly she's off the Christianity thing, and she's reading great issues in American history. Mm. She's all about the civil rights movement. I could see her, like, even with nothing else going on, you know, a few years from now, she's in college, and she's listening to, like, Howard's in lectures, and she's going right. to go full socialist. It's easy to see that path. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think when you're a teenager... You're, you're searching for something, something to kind of identify with, something that you can connect with, with have a, a cause for. I definitely was like standing outside of my high school protesting yeah, the war. Me too. I was too. With black, yep. I absolutely you was. You know, and talking about politics and philosophy and religion. Walking out of class for I, rallies. I mean, this is stuff. a very yeah. critical yeah, age to, to recruit, so, seemingly. Yeah, it's you know, the this prime is the, age for them. The, the malleable, I want to find something to really cling to. Yeah. Well, it's, it's right when you're when you're 14 or 15, you're you're so impressionable, but you're also so passionate yeah. as a youth. You want to think that you're not. But mm-hmm. really what happens is it, you just use that adolescent uh, that adolescent passion to just commit even more wholeheartedly to whatever it is you get into, whether it's your favorite band or uh, mm-hmm. you know, an activist cause. It's they know that, so they're manipulating her in that way. And Philip is, is right when he tells Paige, you know, as you get older, things change. Things become more important. And I love yeah. how, as he's saying that, he kind of just rubs Henry's yeah, head. Yeah, he tussles Henry's head. And it's kind of like that, that moment of like, this is what's important to me now. This is what I'm fighting for. And yeah. what I instill in you guys is is like your legacy. You know, when you become a parent, all that rallying and all that kind of stuff, that I think that kind of just has to go out the door because your legacy becomes your children. It's right. Not- and I think that's such an interesting, you know, conflict, you know, is your legacy your country, mm-hmm. the path that you, you know, because you're never going to go, you know, either way, you're never going to, you'll be dead and whatever is going to happen. It's like, will you leave behind some sort of change in the U.S.-Soviet relations or will you leave behind yeah. two healthy kids who have yeah. a happy life? Because it seems like it's one or the other for these guys right now. Or even taking, you know, taking being a spy out of it, you know, so many people balance, do I want to succeed, be known for my work or my career or yeah. my or the, my accomplishments or for being like a good husband and father and friend yeah before we leave philip really quick i just had one thought Mm -hmm. um did you guys get and this was really really little but the moment when he's talking to stan they're having pizza and he's asking him and stan's telling about work and then he says how's your life and phil's like oh you know i I work busy uh i eat pizza and i know that stan is very non-reactive but i got this little sense of like come on man say a little more specific tell a little more about yourself because you guys have known each other a long time and like 
you got to elaborate a little bit here about your life because this guy works for the FBI and you're an illegal. So if you don't give him a little bit, if you just give him generalities, maybe he'll get suspicious someday. I just got I this. I don't know. I got I this think, little bit. I think it's actually kind of the perfect friendship for Stan because yeah. I don't think Stan wants to reveal a whole lot about what he's doing either. So they just kind of talk in generalities to each other and you know act like men and it's they're yeah. happy with it. Yeah, you might be right. <laughs> like, isn't that what men do? It, it, just, got, it just got me thinking a little bit. But, I mean, it could be. He could you know be conscious of hey, am, am I being not like open enough in that way of like I got across this you know because he's always judging people right. as an FBI Actually, guy. I love I feel like Philip sees Stan as a real friend at this point yeah. like mm-hmm. you know he like he comes home with pizza his family doesn't want to talk to him Martha even doesn't want to talk to him we find yeah. out later he's so isolated and so alone for a lot of this episode and every, and so he goes over to Stan's house and eats pizza and it's like this is the one guy I can kind of bro down with it is yeah. kind of awesome can, yeah. can I just say I really always enjoy seeing uh, them in the white Z28 Camaro that yeah. one's always really nice <laughs> the, the thing that he fought so far uh, yeah but what's funny about that is I just worked on this car show it turns out after all the um oil crisis in the late 70s and emission standards got jacked up all these camaros that look like really muscle cars like they have 150 horsepower like that car that he had it's like as weak as like a a prius or something so it was all for show in the 80s when you had a camaro versus like a 70s 70s. or 60s they were like really 300 horsepower Little cool. tidbit for you guys, little car. Interesting car piece knowledge. of trivia. Yeah. Yeah. Car aficionados out there. Yeah. Um, I thought it was interesting. Sorry, you said 150 horsepower. I was like, mm-hmm. that's not a lot. I know. <laughs> I know it's not a lot. 150 but horses, man. That's yeah. really powerful. Yeah. Imagine 150 <laughs> horses towing one car. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I just touching quickly on Stan, the whole idea of uh, he's just not a very good FBI agent. You know, in terms of Nina definitely had the wool over his eyes for a while there that he didn't realize that she was double crossing him right even though he recruited her and like kind of was like we'll throw you back to russia if you don't help us that she wouldn't eventually you know double cross his yeah family. no you're totally so, I, think, I think that's why Stan doesn't like Adderhold I think it's because Adderhold's better than him Stan's yeah. middle management <laughs> for life he's just really nice so yeah. I, don't, I don't get the feeling that he would ever suspect Philip until it's just a little too late yeah we may we may there. see that at some point, right? Yeah. yeah. But on that note, shall we switch over into the South Africa? Yeah, let's, let's talk about let's South talk about Africa. Okay, sessions. South Africa. So, <laughs> my bad. Hans is South African. That I've I have met a South African man, and that is not how he sounded. Apparently, this is because Hans is of Dutch descent. And they have a slightly different the South African. The, the South African accent's really, really hard to pin down. And they speak yeah. like a million languages there. Yeah, and they have yeah. a varying accent. So I never heard that particular South African accent. I mm. heard different ones. So I apologize <laughs> for not being aware that Hans is South African. You were African. not forgiven. He was you, were not, for you were not part of this discourse. I like that periodically this show, it's like super cloak and dagger and behind closed doors. And then periodically they'll just be like, we're just going to have a big ass fight in the street. Yes. We're just going to abduct somebody in broad daylight and we're spies. So we're going to have to run from the cops anyway. It doesn't really matter. We're just going to throw them in a van and, and get away because that's yeah, just what we do. Get away with that? I mean, Fleetwood spies. Mac was playing. That's how. <laughs> I, I will say, you know, with the, they have a lot of storylines going with this show. Um, so it, it was nice to finally kind of figure out what Hans was doing, what he's there for. Because between Hans and Martha and Kimmy and the guy who murdered the chick who was 
married to the guy from the Pentagon. And the woman, right. who, works, the woman who works at Lockheed. And Zaneda. And da da da. Yeah. My brain was just like, I don't know what's going on. This is a lot. So to have that But it's great because how do, you, how do you think they feel dealing with all this stuff? It actually kind of puts us in their <laughs> I world. Know. Yeah. I know. Oh, I couldn't do all that. I have bills to pay too. <laughs> and children? No. But my God, I love it. I love Philip's wig for that whole set piece. He looked like he was in The Cure. It was amazing. Are you talking about when you were having dinner? No, no, oh. no. Oh, at the end, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the like, the, like Joey Ramone. <laughs> is, yes. is that the most subtle hairpiece to stab somebody in broad daylight with? Was I don't he know. trying to stab him? I, I, I wasn't he was sure. Doing a, a sucker? Um, no, it's a was it rabbit? Punch I thought he was going to give him. Oh, yeah, I guess he didn't have a knife on him. I thought he was going to do a little like stab to the gut, like real quickly. No, you know? Well, he doesn't want to kill me. No, I know. I thought he was just going to give him a little quick stab so he'd go down. Because punching doesn't seem like the best strategy to get somebody down. He's not like huge, right? Yeah. So to clarify. What I just want to clarify the storyline of the South Africans. The French South African guy? Todd? You're asking me like I know all the details of the storyline. I know, but I'm just trying to like see if we can all piece this together so we understand what's going on. Because I'm also slightly confused. He's a part of the... uh, He's actually for apartheid. But in America, he's working with the anti-apartheid group. Which is why they were able to get uh, Ruben Nagobo to right. come in. And, and Nagobo, like he, he's like Bates. He's for number this three. Other guy they want to get. Yeah, yeah, he's number three in South Africa. Ventner. Venter. Yeah, Venter. Venter. He's number three in South Africans most wanted because he's part of the anti apartheid movement. So that's what's going on with that. So Hans figured out this French kid, French, right? French kid. Yeah, right. Is. <laughs> actually a spy for the apartheid, uh, South African apartheid government and they brought in Nagobo to use as a plant to get to the bigger dog of Venter. Right. Okay. I think. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, way to go, show. Just give us, just give us, develop yeah. another storyline that's historically significant. I just significant. want to be sure that we're clear and that Hans is actually somebody that they're training through the Russian government who's actually South African to help with the anti-apartheid movement in South Africa. Right. I think it's really interesting that the show okay. is so successful. So I'm not a history guy. Like, I in school, that wasn't something that I paid a lot of attention to. And to this point, obviously, as a professional, like, I'm not reading history books mm-hmm. because it's not my career as a TV host. Uh, so I think it's great that the show can be so successful while being so complex in a historically mm-hmm. accurate sense. Yeah. Uh, there's so much happening here that I, I know they are being accurate. I know it's in their best interest to be as accurate as possible. And I, I miss sometimes what's going on a little bit in terms of the history. Like, it doesn't bother me. Though. Something I, tells yeah. me that there's you know probably a lot of people watching that are like, this is like bonus for them when it lines up with yeah. you know old, some of the older fans that were like alive for this or you know remember this. It's probably really cool for them. I actually, I really I really love that storytelling approach though because I don't need to know every little historical detail to be engaged in what's going yeah. on in the action. What I, I missed a whole lot of the South American storyline, but what I got out of that final set piece is Philip and Elizabeth working so well together as a team. South African? Sorry, the South African set piece. Yeah. Yeah. They're just completely in sync. If, yeah. uh, if my instincts about how the rest of the season are going to go are right, I don't think we're going to see a lot of that for the rest of the season. Um, of them being in sync? Because I, I still feel like one of them is going to get caught or separated from each other in some way. Hmm. Feels like that's probably where this is going. Yeah, I would t- sort of agree. So it's kind if of, it's kind of that, like, yeah. I think that would be how they ended the season. Yeah. But then again, I feel like every season it's just them like having a close call or something being on the verge. Like the first season, right. she got shot and then... Or was that the second season? And then the... Third, no, no, first season. Yeah, first season. Second season, 
they almost they almost died murdered by yeah. that little boy and right so I kind of I kind of just really want the Breaking Bad moment where it's just like <laughs> you just see Stan figure it out and that's right. it yeah. I think we so, might we legitimately may get the cliffhanger. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be. I would not surprise. Do you think? You know what? I thought that was a cool parallel. The way that you know the South African team they had their you know Vetner's woman parked in the same exact spot. Yeah. That Elizabeth was. You think that was that guy's wife? Maybe. No. Or do you think just the regular woman team? Just, I'm wondering if everybody's in their husband and wife team. Right. <laughs> you know? No, I think she was just um, an just accomplice. A, yeah. Right. It's a good cover, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. It was. I, it was interesting. I definitely. Uh, I. I was, yeah, we think it was a team. At first, when I was watching it, I was like, did she just kill a civilian just because yeah. she was, just because she was like, I'm gonna, I saw there's a witness to me like peeling out here <laughs> to see my face. South African accent gave it away, but why did that yeah. woman speak with a South African accent? Because she's not as good a spy as Melissa. Right. 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 freaking <laughs> sweet spies. Yeah. All they They wouldn't go, Dasvidanya, comrade, outside of the parking lot if they're on an American mission, you know? I think yeah. Philip is like, is. Uh, tumbling towards like he's already super isolated. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I know I'm like jumping at predictions yeah. already, but I, I that's kind of like in my heart where I think this is all going is like mm. I think that we're going to end the season with Philip like way on the outside, like fending. I think there's going to be a lot of converging storylines between Martha mm. and what's going on at home mm-hmm. with Paige. I think yeah. he's going to be way up in the air, and he might be the one who almost gets found out or does get found out. Yeah, I think we kind of referenced that earlier that, that you know it might actually be Philip who gets who gets caught, but. I think what, if nothing else, what they're setting up with this season is that they're they have a lot of balls in the air and they're juggling a lot and something's just bound to go. A lot wrong. of things are going on. And yeah. just to make one more point about just the historical world building of this show, mm-hmm. I like being more confused than the characters are. I like feeling like they're a little bit more understanding more of this world and yeah. one step ahead because they're supposed to be the ones in it. They're supposed to be spies. And I actually like that approach much more than shows that'll just try to simplify and dumb down everything and talk down yeah, to so you. Yeah, so that you understand. Yeah. <laughs> I, like feel, I like feeling a little bit disoriented. I think yeah. that's a good feeling to be had while watching a I show like, like wanting this. to go home and go through like a wormhole on Wikipedia that oh, leads sure. you to like some weird yeah. 40 page article about some you know apartheid thing that happened in 82 you know non sequitur really quickly before we move into the last bit mm-hmm. uh, when Martha's all upset and she's like <laughs> rummaging through Philip's stuff Am I correct in thinking that the thing she gets to that she has the like really tragic looks the Kama Sutra? The Kama Sutra. Yeah, that's like, that's like an unintentional comedy moment on their part, just like knowing that she's the comic relief. That she's so upset, she gets to the Kama Sutra, and that's the thing that like sets her off because it makes when her we think tried of it. Post number twenty three. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. So special. That was amazing. I felt like that was more of like, oh, well, this is pretty much her thinking, oh, this is going to be the end of my relationship, or I don't know what's going to happen right. with this relationship. Now I have this big secret that I may have to keep from my husband. What does that mean? Now I have this big sex book that's going to be useless. (laughs) I know. I just thought it was a funny, a funny placement. You can always find someone to get down. Page seventy-two position. Adderhold is waiting at the wigs. He is just waiting. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, No, I was going to say in terms of the just like the historical aspect of the show, it's um, it is really wonderful. We can go back and and. And kind of go, oh, I, I need to go back and look that up. I haven't thought about yeah, totally. the, the anti-apartheid movement or apartheid in a decade, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's really wonderful to kind of have that, those things kind of brought up and just how they kind of correlate with, with the world at present. So, yeah. That's, that's no, I think, it, I, think it, I think it's making people who are, you know, weren't living through it 
kind of curious about that yeah. stuff. I think it's cool. It's like when I watch Drunk History, you know? Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> and no lie, yeah, when I watch yeah. Drunk History, I go, Is, is that, that how it happened? Yeah. Is that accurate? Is that like, <laughs> right, right, right. Oh, Who's that guy just drunk? I'm not sure. That's actually really accurate. Yeah. Oh my god, this is shocking. <laughs> Anywho, shall we move on to predictions? Let's do it. Sounds yeah. good. And now, you're after Buzz TV. I wish the lights would just dim when that happened. It would get really spooky oh, for a second. Oh, yeah, like, like a like yeah. light. Right. Yeah. Like, if these all had little if little flashlights, it would all just go <laughs> under our chins. Yes. Who do you? My prediction is that uh, Philip's son is going to become a pawn when Philip tries to resist Paige's indoctrination. And mm, they will really, really threaten him. I could see Put it. Put him in a much... I don't know if that's a huge prediction, but that's a soft prediction. Mm. I don't want to just straight up steal your idea, Adrian, but you've convinced me. Now I think Adderholt's a double agent. Now the more I think about it, I can't help but see it. Like, I really I really think he's playing Stan in some way, or he's Sinead trying to get information like, out of him. Sinead is the red herring. Sinead is the red herring, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say, and I said it a second ago, but a little more specifically, think Martha is going to discover Philip. So Philip is going to get outed by both his fake wife and I think he's also going to be put a little bit more on the outside by his real wife and his family as Paige, I think, starts to figure out what's going on. I think she's still going to side with her mom. And I think we're going to get, like, an ending to a season where Philip's just sort of fending for himself. And he's out in the, he's out in the cold. I'm going to put something really random out there. And I'm going to say that it's going to be Philip and Elizabeth both having to abandon their life as they know it. Because Ooh. once they tell Paige, Paige, as I said before, will probably go and tell Stan... And then they won't really have anyone to turn to. And so the Russian will cut off contact and all that kind of stuff, and they'll be on the run. On you don't think, though? Wow. I, I think Elizabeth's doing such a good job. I think she's going to be able to sell Paige. If she tells her, I think Paige is going to stay on board. I think that's too easy. I think it's too easy to believe that Paige would be like, oh, cool, my parents are Russians. Bye. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> saying she's going to act like that. Wow, wow. that's awesome. She asks, well, I she asks like too that. many. I think <laughs> she asks too many questions to have that kind of reaction, right? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, don't think it would, I don't think it would ever be that simple, and I think. Elizabeth is a little naive to think it will be. But I think she's and then, like, and then Henry's going to be just like what, eventually yeah. they're going to. But she's deal leading her into in it so five. carefully. It's so easy to imagine Paige just at a point where she's like but, you know full socialist, and then maybe here maybe she's like kind of on board mm-hmm. or sympathetic to the Russian. We cause know Elizabeth then, to be really impulsive though. That's and true. She, you know she might she might misstep. So she might. You're right. Anywho, where can everyone find everyone? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Matt Ritter one. All right, guys. Uh, you don't want to mention your website again? Just yeah, they it. know it. It's my name. <laughs> Come on, guys. I'm at Radio TFB on Twitter, and you can find other goodies and stuff at joshrichmond.net. Yeah. Uh, ben Bateman Media, Twitter and Instagram, and I'd tell you about my website. But I'm, gonna just, I'm, a little gonna off, I'm, a, I'm a little off tonight. So. Next week. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Miss Adrian Snow and www.adrian-snow.com. Nice haircut. Thanks. It's really nice. Yeah. yeah. I like it a lot. You know, I try. All right. That's it for us this episode of the Americans After Show on After Buzz. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will see you next Wednesday. Take Bye. care, everybody. Bye. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 